I'm Navneet Mann, lawyer turned online entrepreneur. I help unfulfilled professionals start an online business that makes an impact so they can finally leave their draining careers and have ultimate freedom, control, and fulfillment in their lives. Using the power of self-discovery, subconscious science, and business strategy, I will help you transition out of your unfulfilling career and into a freedom-based business that you love. This is the Aligned Freedom Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Aligned Freedom Podcast. I am so excited because I have a very, very special guest here today. This is one of my besties and Victoria D'Ambrosio and I. I just call her Vic, but we speak almost on a daily basis. (laughs) We are business besties. We are very involved in each other's businesses, supporting one another um, through the growth that we've experienced. And today I wanted to bring her on and for her to share some of her insights and expertise. And before we dive in, I'll give you a quick intro on who Victoria is. Victoria is a subconscious programming and manifestation expert. She has worked at some of the world's largest financial institutions like Goldman Sachs, like Deloitte, and has subsequently left those institutions to come and work for herself online. So I'm really excited for Victoria to share her story with you guys today, but also for us to dive in to some of the stuff that comes up for people as they're making these transitions in their career journey. So welcome, Vic. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I also am like, wow, about time because we've been friends for so long. We always talk about everything that I know we're going to dive into today on the podcast. So I'm just really excited to be here to chat and really dive into it. Yay. I know I it kind of blows my mind that both of us have a podcast, yet we've never done this. So I know today is the first of many and people are going to love this topic and everything that you need you bring to the table. So I'm just really, really glad that we made the time to finally do this and make it official and just record one of our rants that we go on on a daily basis anyways. And now the world gets to hear what we talk about. Yeah. Okay. So yay, me too. All right. So why don't we start off by you sharing your story? So I gave a little bit of an intro on what you do, but of course did not do it justice. So tell us about how you got to be a subconscious programming and manifestation expert and what led you to this when you were on this really traditional success trajectory before? Yeah, so I'll take you guys back quite a bit just so you have an understanding of who I am. And I think a lot of you are going to resonate with my journey. So for context, the way I grew up, right? Um, I love my parents. They are amazing people. They mean so well, but I grew up, you know, with the understanding that you could be successful, right? And you can make so much money, but if you want to make money, there are specific ways that you have to do that, right? Specific jobs that will pay you a lot of money. And those specific jobs, you're not just working a nine to five, like you're working like nine to nine, nine to 12. Like I, I remember being told, you know, no one who makes a nine to five is is rich, right? You're working way more hours. Mm-hmm. So from an early age, I was kind of programmed that if I wanted success, it was possible for me, but there were a certain set of criteria that would have been, had to be met in order to do that. 
So when it came time to go to college, I honestly selected being a business major because everything else was like, no. So it was a process of elimination. I ended up taking a finance track. Um, just, I enjoyed my finance classes and, you know, early on, I wanted to really be successful in that finance track. So mm. like any, you know, a uh, college student in finance, I had my eyes set on working at Goldman Sachs. I was like, I'm going to work at Goldman Sachs. Like that is the pinnacle. Like that is what's going to happen. Like do like, that's what I want to do. Um, and that's what I made happen for my, what I will call my first real job. Right. So I was, I had just turned 21 and I was working a full-time job at Goldman Sachs in um, their securities lending division. And I learned a lot during my time there. And while I had a, a good experience at Goldman, I realized, I was like, you know what, like, this was really cool, but I don't think I'm super passionate about banking. Right. Mm. And before that, I was like, I'm going to be the big banking gal. Like, <laughs> that was what I had. So I was like, <laughs> okay, let me try corporate finance. Let me see if that's something I'm going to be more excited and more passionate about. Mm -hmm. So after Goldman, I started working for GE and I went into their financial like management leadership program, which is like a fast track program for, you know, people in finance to become executives and wow. did a bunch of different rotations within different divisions, doing different types of corporate finance. Again, same kind of story. I was like, this is not what I want to do. Like, I was just not interested in the work at all. Um, so then I was like, okay, let me try another area of finance. So then I was like, okay, let me do consulting, right? And so that led me to Deloitte, where I was a management consultant in the finance strategy branch, working with Fortune 500 companies. And at this point, like I have been making six figures and I am like, you know, I was making a lot of money even when I was in college at 21 at Goldman, let alone, you know, however mm. old I was after graduation, <laughs> making six figures at Deloitte. Right. And so I'm in this career, in this finance career, because that's what I had set in my mind. I'm like, this is how you be successful. You do this. This is what I went to school for, whatever. But if I'm being very honest with you guys, I hated my life. I hated wow. my life. And I was having basically a quarter life crisis because I was like, I, the best way to describe it was that I felt like I was in a car going 120 miles down the road. So I was racing. Like, imagine if you're in a race, I was like, I'm in first place. I'm going so far down the road. I'm being so successful. I'm getting all these jobs that people try so hard to get. And then I suddenly realize I'm on the wrong road. Wow. But I have no idea which road to turn on and no idea which way to turn. I knew what I was doing. I was not interested in it. I really actually hated it. I was miserable. I'm being honest with you guys, but I had no idea what to do. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't, it was like, okay, I hate finance, but I know I'm passionate about music and I want to move to LA and be an artist and I'm going to go on the streets and I'm going to sing my songs and hope I get discovered. Like I was like, I feel so lost in life. Wow. Yeah. That is and that's kind of what got me kickstarted on my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. And we'll definitely dive further into that, but I really want to give this some space because like you said, so many people are going through this, right? I love that you described how you grew up. Like, yes, you can be successful, but you better be working your tail off. You need to work harder than everybody else and hustle and do that nine to nine life and work evenings and weekends and be proud of it in order to be successful. And I mean, I had the same narrative. That's what society tells us. 
And it's just enforced when our parents tell us that, or we hear it in our like circles, right? Yeah, and it's enforced with parents, then it's enforced in your career, right? Because that's uh, what you then experience at all my job. They would like, if you were sick, even if there was one time one of my coworkers was in the hospital, they're like, oh, he's not even at work today. Like I was afraid to get out off of my desk to take two minutes to go pee. Like I was literally terrified yeah. to pee. I was like, if yeah. I leave my desk, I'm going to be in trouble. Something bad is going to happen like and everyone's glorifying the fact that they get two hours of sleep like it's some sort of competition it's crazy or hey you missed your kid's birthday good job (laughs) you know john is a hard worker and it's like why are we fighting for this badge of freaking honor that nobody even wants that nobody's even happy with yet we are all trying to outwork each other but that is the system that's that without that it doesn't work once we start to wake up and start to realize that that's not the life that we want all of this crumbles right so they need to glorify the hard work they need to glorify the hustle and and compensate for it. That's why it's easy to throw six figures at somebody when they're first getting started or have worked in um, hard in their business or sorry, in their career, because that's the golden handcuffs. It's what keeps you tied to this company and makes it scarier and harder to take a turn off of that road that you've been speeding down, right? But the one thing I want to kind of touch on is a few things that stood out in my mind or as you were speaking, one was you said that Goldman Sachs was kind of the Holy grail and you knew that you wanted to work there. And I really wanted to work there is what you said. And I was curious to know, is that something you really wanted or something you thought you should achieve in order to be ahead of the path? Like, is that something you consciously knew or at the time, maybe that was your goal. Maybe that was the awareness that you had. I think I consciously wanted it, but I wanted it because of what it signified. Mm. Right? Working at Goldman in my brain was you, you have made it. This is a level of success where the best of the best finance people are working. You work here, you won. You right. did it. And I think there was also a level of like, if I'm going to be happy, if I'm going to be successful, it's going to be here. And I think that's a privilege I've had in a way that has allowed me to step away from finance, which we can go away before because I had reached such high pinnacles in my career at such a young age that I was able to check that box, show up, realize, hey, wait a second, six figures isn't making me happy. Hey, wait a second, working at these top firms that people Mm. are going to Harvard and trying to get into and they have such small acceptance rates. I've worked here and actually this still isn't making me happy. And if I wasn't already at that level, I think I would have been chasing that thinking it was what would make me happy because that was it. But having been there and then being like, I'm still not happy. This is still not it. That's what allowed me to be like, wait, now what is, is it? it about this? Yeah. Yeah. And I I like that you said that you were privileged to, at an early age to be able to check off those boxes, whereas a lot of people spend decades of their life checking off those boxes. I did the same thing where I bounced around, so to speak. It's like, you know, maybe it's this area of law that doesn't make me happy. Maybe it's this type of firm that doesn't make me happy. Maybe, you know, I just kept wanting to find that thing that I thought I was missing until I tried three or four different options and realized, no, it's just this entire line of work. It's just what all of this represents. It was never for me. It was never what I wanted, right? So here you are realizing I actually freaking hate my life in your words. And that's so powerful because I think so many people get to this point and that's one of the scariest realizations to have. Um, 
admitting it to yourself and then and then saying it out loud i remember that moment and it was it was for me a gut wrenching moment so tell us a little bit more about coming to this realization and being on this like road going 120 knowing you need to take a turn having no freaking idea where to go what does that transition now look like for you you're feeling lost how did you find your path it was a lot of trial and error and i mean you're you're the purpose queen and alignment queen but the way it looked like for me was you know that game you play when you're a child i spy and someone you know says i spy something blue in the room and you guess a blue item and then someone goes hotter colder yeah warmer 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 hot 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 you're on fire and then you get it that was almost a game i was playing with myself in terms of what i wanted to pursue in my life specifically my career, right? So it's like, okay, I hate corporate finance, banking, all of this stuff, but I actually am passionate about money. And in particular, my first venture, I remember I was like, I want more people to be empowered financially because people don't know a lot about personal finance and they don't know these mistakes that they're making or ways that they can easily make certain decisions that will set them up for financial success. So at first I was like, okay, maybe it's not, you know, working for someone else doing finance. Maybe it's starting a personal finance blog. Right. And then I did Um, that and realized, you know what? No, I still that parallel move, right? Like so many people make that parallel move. Yeah. And then from there it was like, well, I didn't still didn't like talking about money in that way, but I was like, I actually really enjoyed the concept of having my own personal brand. So then what Mm. else do I enjoy? And then I started a travel blog and then I realized this is something I want to do for fun, not a career. Right. But like, it was like taking data points from each thing and making an educated guess on what I would want to do next. What did I like about this? What did I not like about it? Why? Right. Because it's like, if you just didn't like becoming a travel blogger, because it took a lot of time to get followers like that's different Mm. than me just not enjoying the process of being a travel blogger and having this like trial and error phase of a couple of years until I landed on what it was I was actually passionate about and now we can get into this later but I would also if I'm being very honest with you would argue I actually knew what I wanted to do a lot early on but I wasn't ready or willing or able to admit it to myself. So I kept pretending I didn't know. I would say, oh, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what I want to do. And deep down I knew, but I was like, I can't do that for a myriad of reasons. Oh, I'm so excited to get into that juicy conversation. But before we do, I want to talk a little bit more about this phase of trial and error that you you, um, have described so well. And the thing that stood out was, It's almost like, you know, you're dissecting your career and saying, okay, like I need to find something that is related or branches off of what I've done. So, you know, the, the finance aspect takes you to, okay, I love talking about money takes you to the money blog. Okay. Let's keep the blog. Let's go to travel blogging, but really you're, you're searching around and it sounds like you're kind of searching for the right answer again, which is what we've done early on in our careers is like, do the right thing, follow the right path. And it's, it's not what is coming from inside of you. It's, it's the thing that feels like it's going to be more acceptable in society. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's something I experienced. And I'm wondering if that, how you would describe this trial and error phase and knowing that you had something else in your heart, why was it that you were still trying different things? 
Yeah, it's exactly what you said, what would be acceptable to society, because as now mentioned in my intro, my now title is subconscious reprogramming <laughs> and manifestation expert. And you guys may not even know what those words mean. And we can get into that later. Right. But at the time, what it was for me was mindset coach, mindset coach. Mm. That's what I mm -hmm. wanted to do. And what was going through my head is what the hell is a mindset coach? Like, that's not a, you can't do that. That's not a real job. Mind you, I knew it was a real job. I had hired mindset coaches. Mindset coaches had changed my freaking life. So it's not like mm -hmm. I didn't respect other mindset coaches, but I was like, I can't do that. Again, going back to how I was brought up, you have to have this traditional job and yada, yada, yada. So I was breaking all these rules by not only like not working for a corporation and just working for myself, but the thing that I was doing for myself or wanted to do at that point in time, mindset coaching is so intangible. And what would people think? And all these people are going mm. to judge me and think I'm crazy. So I can't do that. And I didn't want that to be the answer. I wanted, you know, corporate marketing to be the answer or a finance blog to be yeah. the answer. That answer is more digestible for other people. And I wouldn't have to face my own fears and doubts and insecurities if I could pick a socially acceptable answer but in my quest wow. of trying to satisfy that I just prevented myself from being happy for so much longer you can only run from it so far like we want to pretend it's not there but shoving it down and suppressing it doesn't mean it's not there it's not going to go away so the sooner we can acknowledge that, own it, start to work through it. And please trust me, I know easier said than done. I was on the sidelines for three years, three years watching other people grow online on business, three years doing all this stuff because I was too afraid to admit that to myself. But learn from my mistake. Don't don't waste three years because that's three years further into my business I could have been yes. if I had just taken that leap. Ooh, wow, wow, wow. I had chills up and down my body as you were speaking, Vic. Like that is so freaking powerful what you just shared there. Like you, I wanted something more acceptable to be the answer. I wanted to not sound crazy. I wanted people to think that this is still okay. You know, whatever that next thing is. So I suppressed how I felt and what I needed for another three years. And so many people are doing this. That that was my story too. I wanted something that just sounded acceptable. So it can make sense why I left law and, and started doing this thing online. I wanted it to make sense for other people. And it's how much time do we spend? How much time do we waste and energy do we waste trying to be acceptable to society, trying to appease others? And guess what? They're never freaking happy anyways. People are never appeased anyways. Yet we will suppress how we feel to do that. So, ooh, that was so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, this does take me to that next stage is how did you finally decide, you know what, it's this mindset stuff. I don't care if it's intangible. I need to do this. When was that? What was that decision making like for you? What was that transition like for you? Yeah, it's kind of the same process I went through when it came to my career, right? I tried all of the different finance options I could. Well, you know, relatively yeah. speaking, I had to cross off, leave like no stone left unturned, right? Before I could admit to myself, finance wasn't the answer. Then I went to all these other different self-employment avenues and I tried all the other things that maybe I would enjoy or maybe I would be good mm. at. And they, they all were no. And it wasn't until I crossed off every single thing on my list and the only thing staring me back in that list, that last line item of mindset coach was left. And I was like, well, now I just, 
I have to, I have nowhere else to turn. I don't, yeah. this is it. Wow. I wish I could say I rose up and got all this confidence, but that's how it happened. I tried everything else first and I was like, well, <laughs> here we are. I guess I need to try this thing now. And it's yeah. always the thing that we resist the most, but in our gut, we know that that that's what it's going to be that ends up being the catalyst for change. So, whew, okay. Um, so you started off as a mindset coach. Tell me if you yourself started to feel any kind of blocks or anything as you were starting to show the world this new identity and starting to try this thing out. How did that feel for you in the beginning stages? The two biggest fears that were coming up for me at that point in my business, this is like, by the way, when I'm just starting my TikTok account and I'm going to post my first video, finally decided to take action because again, in three years, I was sitting on the sidelines. The fear of failure and the fear of judgment crippled me. I also am someone who, I don't know if some of you will relate to this. I know there's a lot of people who feel really supported when their friends and family see them mm. and like strangers freak them out. I grew up dancing and even from a young age, mine has always been backwards. I'm like, I don't care if random people see me, but when people I know in real life see me, whether it's dancing or now here on the internet, that freaks me out even more. And if I'll psychoanalyze myself, it's probably because I don't actually care, but people I don't know think about me, but I I place more importance on what people think of me, the people that I know, yeah. right? And I remember it was like one of my first TikTok videos ever, which I didn't know what I was doing at that time. I just was like, I'm just going to make a TikTok and post whatever I want. So they saw my, it was like one of my brother's high school friends and this other random kid I took like an AP class. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my TikTok. I threw my phone against the wall, like across the room. I was like, ah! I threw oh, it no. literally. I was going into a panic because I was like, oh my God, people in my real life saw me on TikTok and you guys are probably like, what? Because now TikTok's the thing and like they suggest you to your contacts, but this is 2020, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, this just is getting started. September 2020. So people like most of my friends weren't on TikTok, which is also a benefit at that time for me getting there. I'm like, you know, everyone thinks it's for the the kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that crippled me. And I had to literally force myself to go outside because I was just so crippled by, oh my gosh, people are going to say and think the craziest things about me for being a mindset coach. I put yeah. in there. Right. Wow. And I think so many people go through that, especially when we're coming from these high level corporate careers, careers that are like the epitome of success in our society. And people can wrap their head around it, right? You walk into a room and you say, I work for Goldman. I work at Deloitte. I'm a lawyer. I'm an accountant. I'm a doctor. Right away, that person has an image of you, a stereotype, a, a belief about you. And we like that we like having that social yeah. status as, as humans, right? We, we want acceptance, we want love and it feels really, really good. Um, and we, but the problem, and I'm sure you can speak to this way better than I can. Um, the problem is that we put so much importance on that and other people's perceptions of us as you did. I'm the same way. I don't like it when people I know see and hear me because I feel like they're judging me. And for some reason that matters, at least at some level it used to, but strangers, go ahead all day long. I, it doesn't bother me if strangers are, are watching me and I don't care about their opinions. But there's something to do with this, like 
transition from this high level of social status to coming to something that is so not understood by the average person like not only are you going into this like coaching world but now you're a mindset coach like what the f is that what does that even mean so how do you navigate some of these what we know as limiting beliefs but maybe you even want to tell people what a limiting belief is how do you navigate this yeah so let's just make it really basic right a belief is a, a thought you think multiple times and generally, there's a lot of times we believe certain things to be true, and we take them as facts, when in reality, they're just beliefs, right? And I love mm. if you spell out the word belief, there's actually the the word lie in it. Yeah, I say that because yeah. we have limiting beliefs, and a limiting belief is a belief that we hold about ourselves, about the world, etc., that hinders or limits us in our, in some capacity, right? So an example of a limiting belief is, I am not good enough. Or people are going to think I'm crazy for being a mindset coach. Is mm. that a fact? No. Does it feel like a fact to me? Yes. Yes. And I want to really honor and validate you now because it feels so true. And it feels so true because a lot of that is based on your lived experience. And that's based on a lot of other stuff that goes on in your brain that might be a topic for another podcast episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the first step is realizing that it is that limiting belief. But now you, you touched on something really important around like our identity is with, with our careers. And mm. this is a conversation we can't have with many people because it's an entirely different dynamic when you're talking about giving up a career that's six figures, you know, depending on what career you have. I know that when you are someone who is listening to this podcast, you have worked really hard for your career. You might have spent a lot of money. Um, acquiring certain degrees and taking certain exams to get there, it's a lot to walk away from. And we have so deeply intertwined our worth as human beings with our work. And that is why it is so hard to just walk away and start a new job because we're not just starting a new job. We're not. We're changing identities. It is an identity crisis. And that's why we start to belittle ourselves. Like, why is this such a big deal? It shouldn't be a big deal. And we shame ourselves. But we have to realize it's literally an identity crisis. We have that identity of this six-figure earner and all that comes with it. And then we see that and fear that all being taken away from us. And that is why it's it's just so challenging. So I just say that to to validate any feelings that you have, because I've been there. I know it's real and it's hard. And I think a lot of people, I'm so glad you put words to that because a lot of people are experiencing this, but don't quite know why or what it is. And this is something I, I speak about often as well is how our identities have become so intertwined with our, like our, we identify ourselves as our work. And like you said, your self-worth and work have become so intertwined that it's hard to even unravel that. But once you start to unravel it, and I know you and I are the, of the same belief in this um, in this sector is that once you start to unravel it, you really start to see who you are. You really start to see yourself without all of these labels, without all of these pressures and what you're supposed to do. And in my opinion, that's where your power lies is when you are being true to yourself, when you've identified who you actually are and are on that path to to moving forward in that direction, no matter what. And yeah. it's not easy. It's freaking hard. 
it's it's an identity crisis. Like you said, it, it feels very uncomfortable. Even if you're not taking action, just the mere realization that something is not working and I no longer want to do this work and I want to walk away from that. Even if you're in that stage of starting to see that can be a very, very dark place or a difficult place to be. And I, I for one, understand that. Like, And what I went through in my own journey was it felt very isolating, right? So there's people that will go and take action and do it anyways. And then there's people that feel like I just need to curl up into a ball because I've just realized my whole life is wrong. And that can be a difficult thing just to, just to face. Yeah, it's extremely, extremely difficult, especially if yeah. you're not sure where you to turn yet. It's so scary because we're people who are used to being high achievers. We're like, okay, what are the steps? Tell me what the steps are and I'm going to do them perfectly and I'm going to achieve them and I'm going to get what I want. And then you get to this place of, I don't know what the next step is. That's why I felt so lost because I was like, if I knew what I wanted to do, even if it was a 180, if I wanted to go be a doctor, I'd go be the best doctor. My problem was I don't even know what direction I want to take. And then there's so there's like that level to it. And then it's like, yeah, once you figure out what you want, then there's the whole mindset piece around it. But, you know, one thing that I that really made the difference for me, I think, at the beginning when I just had to get over myself was, listen, we're all motivated either to move away for, towards pain and or move towards pleasure. And so I had to put it into perspective like this. Okay. What's worse? I can continue down this path in finance and be successful in finance, but I can hate my life. I could work a million hours. Sure, I'm making money, but I don't even have time to enjoy that money. Every single day I wake up with my heart just drops in my chest. I have Sunday scaries. It's miserable, right? What's worse? That I can keep doing that or... I can face the fear of possible failure and people thinking I'm whatever judgment and actually enjoy my life. Which one's worse? And I think what I want to express is like, it's not easy. It's not like one day you wake up and decide there's no like resistance towards starting a business and doing the work that you really want to do, especially if it's non-traditional, but it's like, put it in perspective, which pain is greater? Hmm. It's never going to be that there's no pain. It's just that perspective of like it, why it's so worth it to work through those limiting beliefs. And what's wild is then, you know, a year or a few months or however long later, you're going to look down and be like, this is so wild that I used to be so terrified to even create an Instagram handle, right? And now I post every day, you work through it, but it's just taking that one step in front of the other and reminding yourself of why this is important and the life that you want to live and are you going to get there if you keep on this path if you keep on this path and nothing changes which direction are you going to go for me like I said I was going to go down that wrong road I may have been the first person on the road the best person on the road but it was the wrong road Mm -hmm. if I didn't change anything that's what my life was going to be it's so hard So many people do not make these decisions and they do not take the action on it. And I think that's why we have so many problems in the world because people are unhappy. And that's also going on a rant here, but that's the reason why other people are going to judge you because you're doing the thing that they wish they could have done. You're facing the fears they didn't have the courage to face and you are triggering them because they're unhappy in their careers and they have to justify the fact that they hate their lives by putting you down rather than be like, hmm, maybe I have made a mistake in the way that I've, you know, gone through things and the choices I've made in my career. 
Absolutely. I could not agree more with everything that you said. I know I was like, mic drop, just don't drop that mic. We, we need to hear you. <laughs> but I was just like, holy crap, that you just hit the nail on the head, right? Like there's, there's so many things that I think we we go through. But if you could just ask yourself that question, am I going to be happy on this freaking miserable path in 10 years and 20 years and 30 years? And how is this impacting the rest of my life? How is it impacting my health, my relationships, my sleep, my mental health, my like, I don't even have time to enjoy my money, like you said. And what am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? Right? Most times it's not for yourself. Most times it's to keep up with some sort of standard or to not disappoint others or because you're just afraid to make make that move. But on the flip side, what is possible? Because most people, and I wanted to point this out or at least add to this conversation, you said that you're going to have to do the hard thing and it's not going to be easy and you're going to have to face your fears and do something difficult. And But then you get to, in the long term, be on the path that you actually enjoy. And I want to remind everyone that's listening, you've already done difficult things. You've already done really, really hard things and you've already faced so many fears. And so far, you have survived 100% of every difficult day and every fear you've ever had. Why is this any different? Right. And I think we forget how resilient we are. We forget how powerful we are. And we forget how much we're capable of when we're faced with a new challenge. So yes, it can be scary to go and face uncertainty, but you've done that already. Like my first day of law school, I didn't know what the rest of my career was going to look like. I didn't know what this life was going to look like. I didn't even know if I, you know, I mean, I was confident I would pass law school, but you never really know what is going to happen. Yet we face all of those blocks and fears anyways, and we move forward because it feels like we have a guarantee given by society. But guess what? You get there and you're freaking miserable and that guarantee did not pan out. So the way I see it is why would you not give yourself this option to at least take a chance on yourself, to at least take a chance to do something that you love? And it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies, but it is always going to be worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not always rainbows and butterflies, but I am so much happier working for myself than I ever was or even probably could be working a corporate job. It is so worth it, even on the hardest days. And that's why I'm still here and I choose it over and over and over again. And what do you think it is that makes you happier on this path, like you said, there there are hard days, and we've both experienced them. Versus something that I guess people think is more security, right? Because I'm getting that paycheck every two weeks. I know kind of where my life is headed, so that feels a little bit more stable. Yet you said you're much happier in in the entrepreneurial world. What do you think makes you happier here? I think what makes me happier as an entrepreneur. Listen, there's a lot of things. A lot of it comes down to time, location, and financial freedom that you're never going to get working for someone else because some level of all those three things will be capped. But above 
all else, it's because I actually genuinely enjoy the work that I'm doing. And for me, the work that I was always passionate about and wanted to do, there was no, is no corporate job that would allow me to do that, let alone even if I could at a corporate job, then, you know, I have to ask my boss for vacation days or I have a certain salary, right? There's there's all these other things, but it's really for me, the work that I do that I love. And to your point about, okay, the consistent paycheck thing, I understand. I truly do. And I'll be honest, the first two years in business, my nervous system was so out of whack for not knowing how much I was going to get paid or or when the payments were going to come through or if a client was going to pay on time. Like that's, that is dysregulating to your nervous system when you are someone who's used to an exact dollar bill on an exact date, even though you can make more money as an entrepreneur, right? But I do believe that that's like, that's something that happens in the beginning of your journey. And it doesn't have to be that way the entire time. Like you can build systems and structures and you have funnels and all of these things in place so that you can have a consistent income within your business so that Actually, you in your business is more consistent and secure than any other corporate job that you have. And of course, it takes some time and systems to set that up, but it's entirely possible. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I was the same way. There was a lot of inconsistency in the beginning and my nervous system was out of whack and it was really scary. And, you know, at times you doubt yourself, but even on those biggest doubting days and the scariest and and hardest days, I was like, no, I will, I do not want to go back to that world. And it's for me, I've never looked back. And it sounds like that's you as well. Um, If there are people who are kind of on this fence, they're on that road, they're traveling really, really fast, and it's the wrong road. What would you recommend that they start to explore or the questions they start to ask themselves now at this juncture to get realigned and to kind of follow the path that's that they actually want i think the best question to ask yourself is what sounds kind of interesting to try next and that's really intentional because i think especially the high achiever in us wants to find the perfect answer to exactly what we're going to do next, our million dollar business idea. And we put so much pressure that we can't think straight or figure out what what it is. And I really do think that a piece of finding out what you're supposed to do, you're not going to know what it is. And I think Mm -hmm. that frustrated me, right? I'm like, I'm trying to find my purpose. I don't know what it is. The purpose isn't something you go down the grocery aisle to go to on aisle seven and find it. Like you have to (laughs) look around and it just starts by following those little nudges warmer warmer hotter 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 on fire so take the pressure off and just think what what are some things that i think would be interesting make a huge list travel blogger finance blogger mindset coach (sighs) business coach these are the things that i did i'm just giving you some examples right and just try it give yourself enough time to try it Hire now because she'll help you get out <laughs> better and faster than I, you know, I'm going to. But that's where you have to just start. What would be fun for me to do next? Yeah. And just asking yourself those small little questions. And some people may already know. Some people, you know, like you have that instinct and like me as well. And I don't think we've veered too far off those tracks from where we had started. Of course, you're always 
niching and refining messaging and things like that. But for the most part, I think if you're already in this realm and you're already questioning your path, you probably have some sort of idea of what you want to do. So when you do have that idea and you've decided, like I've decided I no longer want to work for somebody else in the long term. I don't know when I'm going to quit, but I don't see myself being employed by some Joe Blow boss and I'm going to work for myself. I want that freedom. But now is when things get real and I'm getting scared. So when that fear starts to kick in, when the doubt starts to kick in, what are your expert recommendations on what to do when our mind is kind of fighting with our with our heart? Yeah, and I'm glad you asked this question because honestly, the most important thing in your life, especially when you venture down this path, is going to be your mindset. Your mindset is what's going to determine your level of success. And there's so many layers to that. Um, but that is what's going to keep you going. So when the fear creeps in, a couple of things I would do. First, to avoid the fear creeping in kind of as much as possible, I would say increase your can to can't ratio. And what I mean by that is this you need to hear, yes, you can more than no, you can't. And you cannot control the amount of times people may say, you can't do that. That's a bad idea. You're crazy, whatever else. And trust me, I got a lot of that, right? You can try to remove some people to your life, but to an extent, you can't control that. But you can control how many times you hear people say, yes, you can do that. That's possible for you. So for me, what I did was I always had something in my ear, whether it was a podcast, an audio book, whatever. That is the reason why I'm standing mm. here before you today is because I was listening to more people who had lives similar to what I wanted telling me it was possible for me all the time, day in, day out, commutes to work. So make sure you are surrounding yourself to the extent possible with people who are reminding you that it is possible for you, whether it's an audiobook, a book, a podcast, you hire a coach, you join a group program, that is so incredibly important. It will lift you up more than you realize. And then also when those voices come into your head, ask yourself, is this ultimately true? Is it actually 100% fact like in the sky, you know, there's no possible way. This is just, this is a fact of life, right? Like I'm going to fail or this isn't going to work out for me or I can't do that. Says who, right? Yeah. Fight for your beliefs and fight for your power instead of fighting for your limitations. It takes effort. It doesn't happen overnight, but those two things will at least kickstart you in the right path. Ooh, they'll more than kickstart you. If you do what Victoria just said, that is going to that is going to set your path on fire. Like you are going to be ready to go. And I love that you brought up that your mindset determines your level of success in everything and especially in the entrepreneurial journey where this is just starting to get more normal in our society with the coming generations, it's a part of their DNA. But for us, it's, you know, it's still a little bit scary for people. But if we can start to shift our mindset, and I love the recommendation of keeping the can people in your ears, right? The podcast, the 
the YouTube videos, the audiobooks. This is exactly what I did. I would be commuting to work, listening to people that inspired me. And I think one of the mistakes we often make is we listen to advice from people that are not doing the thing we want. You're not where I want to be. You haven't achieved what I want to achieve. Why am I listening to you for advice? Why would I not listen to the people that I can see out there that are doing that thing, that are living their dreams, that have accomplished a lot in their businesses? I'd rather keep those people in my ears. So I love, love, love that recommendation. But I think if most of us can just become attuned to the conversation going on in our mind and question it, like you said, is this really 100% true? And find any even little sliver of doubt in that belief, we start to dismantle that belief. And that's that's exactly what we need to do is start dismantling all of that old crap that has just been like, you know, running the show for so long. And if we can become the person that starts to see those limiting beliefs, those fears as just lies, or like you said, the, you know, a belief that is just something that you repeat in your mind. If we can start to detach our emotion from that and start to question, is this really true? Just that can change your entire trajectory. So that was beautifully put. Yeah. You're like, yes, uh, I'm the yeah, expert. I know. <laughs> I'm really I know. good at what I do. I, it's funny because when I talk, you know, talk to my, uh, my students about that process a little bit, I, I explained it to them. I'm like, be a lawyer. If you're a lawyer, your job is to find every single hole in that story and to fight for death for the side that you are trying to fight for, right? So instead of saying, I'm not going to be able to make money online, or it's going to take me forever, or I can't do this, what would a lawyer say fighting for the other side and act as that lawyer? Write it down on paper, right? This is what I would do. I write down all the limiting beliefs of why I can't be, do, or have whatever it is. Write down all the reasons in my head and then bullet point by bullet point and be like, why is this not true? Well, it's not true because X, Y, Z. Again and again and again. And start to dismantle that. I love that. Be a lawyer. Okay, I'm gonna, I can't believe lawyer I haven't been using it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to start using that. I'm like, come on, guys. This is what I got from my career as a lawyer is to teach you how to make an argument. So yeah. make it for what you want, right? And too often are we arguing for the thing that we don't want. We're fighting for the thing that we don't want. So fight for what you actually want. Yeah. Okay, this is so incredible. And I think I could talk to you for hours and hours, but this was just the perfect first time to have you on my podcast, because I think that this is going to stem off into so many different conversations. Um, and I want to respect your time. I know you've got another meeting, but thank you. This was just the most invigorating conversation. And I know it's going to be so incredibly helpful for everyone that's listening um, and people that are going through that same path that you went through. And so thank you for dropping those gems and sharing your story. Now, if people want to hear more from you and learn more about what you do and get in touch, where can they find you and how can they possibly um, work with you? Yeah, if you guys want to say hi to me on social, my handle is at Victoria D'Ambrosio. Sure, now we'll have it in the show notes. I know my name is a little bit of a, a little bit of a mouthful, a little hard to <laughs> spell. I also have my own podcast. It is called The Mindset Edit, and what I do is I do a lot into the mindset work. So I didn't go too into that today. So if you are someone who is interested in personal development mindset and you want to learn how to like 
rewire your neural pathways to start believing the things that you want to believe, like actually believing them, not just like, you know, telling yourself that. And then that little voice in your head's like, be fucking for real. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like That's, <laughs> that's what I do uh, with my clients and students. So say hi, let me know how this podcast resonated. Happy to chat with any, any questions you have, any takeaways. Would love. To yes. Please go follow Victoria. She's always dropping so many gems on her social media. I will link your um, your social media handles and even your podcast link so people can come and follow you and listen to you in your full glory. But thank you so much for being here, Victoria. This has been awesome. And I can't wait to have you back. Oh, yeah, I can't wait either. Thanks so much. Yeah.